Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us for Keystone today. We'll hurry and tell you the meaning behind the words. Yes, well, like Isaiah. Sorry. Let me put this out. Give me a second. Oh, yeah. I need a, for one of my sound effects, I need a boiling bong sound. (laughs) Oh, hell yeah. I know guys that can do that with their mouth. I'm not one of them. Yeah. Something like that. Something like that. I don't know. Anyway, uh, two words, or two words, two meanings at least for Keystone, because like Isaiah, David, we have multiple meanings for the things we say. That's that's convenient, because we can just fucking assign any meaning we want to it that yeah way. that's right so the first obvious reason with our little sound effect conversation there keystoned like you're stoned the second definition is like they stoned the prophets of old right and so because god never really totally protected his prophets i guess <laughs> anyway uh so yeah, shitty job, right? Like you're talking for the big man himself, and you still get stoned to death. What the hell? <laughs> so, uh, the, Keystone. The key, Keystone of Mormonism is yeah. the Book of Mormon. That's right. And yes, we are on the prowl once again. And I would like to warn my brother before we take off Uh-oh. of the severe consequences of pursuing such a course of action. This is from Ether chapter 12. Uh oh. Yeah. Okay. Thou hast also made our words. This is Moroni, by the way. Thou hast also made our words powerful and great, even that we cannot write them. Wherefore, when we write, we behold our weakness and stumble because of the placing of our words. And I fear lest the Gentiles Gentiles shall mock our words. Uh, I guess you and I are Gentiles. So yeah, we're right. mocking okay. it. Yeah. Okay. And when I had said this, the Lord spake unto me, saying, Fools mock, but they shall mourn. So I, I hope you have your mourning garb on. Yeah. Prepared for some mourning because attacking Zabuka Mormon yeah. will bring about dire consequences. Well, you know, uh, as they say in the Book of Mormon play, Hasa Diga Ibowai. Remember what that means? Fuck you, God. Whoa, 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 sorry. Wow, holy shit. There wasn't even a cloud in the sky. Yeah, wow. hang on. <laughs> My lightning rod came detached. <laughs> uh, I thought you talked to the doctor about that already. Oh. Anyway, guys, yes. So from last week when we shared Holland's beautiful, loving, kind voice. <laughs> Uh, he, as you recall, and we are going to do LDS Church in the News and all that other stuff, just giving you some more preface for the episode here. As you recall, Holland had some unkind, well, threatening, I don't know, criticizing words. That's probably the better description. The the cluster criticism, <laughs> or criticism cluster paragraph, about people who are so stupid and deceived that they would say this book isn't from God. And one of the things that David and I have talked about off and on through various episodes is just little snippets and so forth about the anachronisms, and we'll define that word for you if it's unfamiliar later here, 
that are found in the Book of Mormon. And we're going to do this entire episode on the anachronisms in the Book of Mormon. So, and we'll cover a very small percentage because they're various, dozens. numerous, yeah. uh, glut, uh, glutinous, gargantuan. <laughs> yeah, this we can't do this in one podcast, but no. we'll hit some highlights here. Yeah, we will. Um, so let's talk first, Dave, about a little LDS church in, in the news. The news. <laughs> All right. So, Cash County man admits breaking into, comma, damaging Logan Temple. Yes, yes. A Smithfield man is admitted to breaking into the Logan, Utah Temple the morning of Christmas Eve, part of a plea deal with f- prosecutors <laughs> designed to spare him prison time. So, I guess they didn't know who this guy was. I think we mentioned this last Christmas Eve or around there, right? When we did our podcast that this happened. So I guess it's taken five months to find the guy or he finally stepped forward, I don't know, as part of a plea deal. Hey, there's a justice system that works for you. Yeah, five months. Right there. Yeah, Yeah, we're on top of this shit. Yeah, Tax money going to good use. Peter Abraham Ambrose. That almost sounds like a poet's name, doesn't it? It's very... uh, Ambrose Pierce or Pierce or whatever. And and, uh, yeah, yeah, he's got a whole lot of things going on there. Yeah, it rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Peter Abraham Ambrose. It sounds like a prophet's name, kind of, doesn't it? Anyway. I'm I'm voting for him. Yeah. (laughs) 34. He has to be at least as inspired as Rusty, right? Uh, pleaded guilty in Logan's first district court Tuesday to criminal mischief and burglary, both second degree felonies. A statement of facts supporting his guilty plea says he did, quote, intentional damage, unquote. Oh, man. You know, that, none of that matters. What yeah. I just want to know about the motive. Was he drunk off his ass or was I... he... Let's see if it says anything about the motive. I mean, it says inside officers found an axe smashed through a mirror (laughs) and stuck into a wall. Okay. (laughs) Self-hate. Paintings torn down, plants and curtains damaged, and fire extinguisher extinguisher residue all over the floor and the furniture. Cats and dogs living together. Oh, sorry. That's a different story. Uh, Mike, I Uh, only want to know one thing. This guy's phone number. I want his phone number. You know yeah, what? We're gonna actually, go out drink some beer together. Yeah, holy shit, David! Ac- actually, I would love to have this guy on the show. It's not that I am encouraging this kind Violence of behavior, or, or uh, yeah, I just no. want to talk to this guy. That would be interesting. Yeah. That kind of rage. Yeah. Uh, come on, there's something serious going on. Either he's been duped. Or stepped on or whatever by the LDS church, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I that was my first thought actually. Is this guy found out he was lied to his his entire life, like no one that you or I know, and he got mad, and his anger turned into violence, and he broke into the town. I mean, that's my thought. I who knows? It could be something totally different. Anyway, yeah. So. That's the LDS Church in the news. I want to jump right from there, mon frere. Hey, from there, mon frere. Mon frere. Little yeah, little rhyming. You stayed up all night. Oh. On that. <laughs> Into 
for your information. So we only hit nine, or nine, no, only seven little excerpts last week. Uh, and sometimes that's enough. Only? <laughs> it's kind of like Epicac. You can only take so much and then you, you're just going to vomit. So That's uh, one of those words, by the way, that sounds like what it is. Yeah, there's a, and there's a, and a word for that. Damn it. I can't think of it now. Uh, you're right. Yeah, I forget. Well, like yeah. cough. There's yeah. one. Cough! That's not <laughs> that's not onomatopoeia, is it? Or is that uh, different? It I sounds... didn't pee on it. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's a word that sounds like what you're describing. I thought that was onomatopoeia. I, it, I don't know. It's I think you're time. right. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, Epic... the ba- back in the day when yeah. I used to try to educate myself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> since i've been an active mormon yeah fuck i don't want to learn anything yeah anymore you know i applaud that david i do yes thank you you for my recognition Mm -hmm. okay we have the year 1905 upon us and i had only highlighted one item here Uh and as i read uh, there's only like six or seven, but as I read through, I thought, what the hell, how did I pass this one up? Oh, so there's yeah. 1905, the Deseret news talks about it. The, this month's edition of the improvement era. Okay. So the improvement era was back that far. Wow. 19. At, yeah. 1905. And then at some point they renamed it to the new era, right? Instead of the improvement. Right. Era. Yeah. Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yes. And so included in that issue were photos of the council room of the first presidency and the quorum of the 12 that show two rooms with spittoons for chewing tobacco. Oh, yes. <laughs> right. That's right. Yep. The old chewing tobacco. Yep. yep. We can't defile the house of the Lord. Spit in the bucket, not on the floor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. All right. Uh, October 25th, same year. Oh, this poor bastard. Joseph F. Smith's remarks that Father Damien of the Hawaiian leper colony what the- was immoral was immoral before his death. Oh, well, obviously. Uh, wait, what? Why? Why was immoral before his death? Okay. The LDS church president is convinced that leprosy is contracted through sexual contact. (laughs) So, you know, that's where we're headed today. Uh, He had no knowledge, Hmm. scientific, medical, or whatever about leprosy, uh, obviously. And we're going to talk about Joseph's lack (laughs) of Uh, understanding and, and time frames and yeah. On and on and on. Okay, one more. I found another one from that year. After the week of the Quorum of the Twelve meeting that was so secret that no official minutes are kept, Uh-oh. Apostle John Taylor and Matthias Cowley write formal resignations due to their participation in post-manifesto polygamy so this is 15 years after the polygamy the manifesto so this just doesn't go away these this is two members of the quorum of the 12 that say they resigned yeah 
you're wrong. God said this would be eternal. I'm leaving. They resigned. I cannot believe. I had no idea that that ever happened. Here it is. Wow. Two apostles resigned. Resigned. I I thought you just fell away like you and me, you know, like. Yeah. I mean, yes. We're we're just. Now we're apostles of Satan. Deceived and lost. And oh, yes. And we've taken up a new religion with Lucifer. Yeah, that's right. Okay. We're going to jump into the next year. And we're going to talk about a friend of ours. First Council of the Seventy instructs B.H. Roberts oh, yes. to go to now, and this is surprising. It was for me to go to Los Angeles for recuperation from a weakness for liquor that has fastened itself upon him. <laughs> he's 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 drunk. Wow, <laughs> yeah, I knew nothing about that. That's a complete shock to me. Yeah, I had no yeah. idea. Yeah. There it is, and there, there's yeah. more information. I can read the rest of it, but it's yeah. redundant. I mean, hmm. he was had been called into check by several members of the quorum, and they finally said, "Hey, interesting, you got to go get some help, buddy." Yeah, and, so, and B.H. Yeah, Roberts, you know, for those who don't recall, he actually applies to our episode today because uh, he was oh, the correct. official historian yeah. of the church. In that time period, and uh, into for a long time, I think into the nineteen twenties or so. I, I I forget whatever. The point is, um, at that time, the the church historian was really high up. Like you had the ear of the apostles and the prophet, like all the time, which is I think unlike today, where they're probably a little lower. I don't know, not way low. Well. But, you know yeah. what came to mind as you mentioned that that way mm-hmm. is the position in the church of patriarch, not stake yeah, patriarch, yeah. but the actual patriarch, patriarch of the church. Yeah. was. And we, we had a, a reading about that last week where uh-huh. Joseph F said that should be higher than even his position as president. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Whenever it's a couple of weeks ago, whenever mm-hmm. that was, uh, and that it just disappeared. That, yeah. That, that, that role, position, you're right. It's, it's, it, and Gone. then it was a stake patriarch. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. BH was kind of like that. He he was in the inner circle, let's put it that way. He totally sure. was, yeah. And he discovered through these letters of a a guy who had questions and sent his questions to a friend of his that was a member of the church. And the member of the church forwarded that letter to BH Roberts. And these questions were around anachronisms in the Book of Mormon. And so that actually really applies. And Roberts wrote this whole book or a couple books that are bound together, History of the Book of Mormon, or no, A Study of the Book of Mormon. Yeah, study is the word, yeah. It's all about that issue. Anyway, we might talk about that a titch more later, but anyway, I don't want to derail your stuff here. Well, we got a couple more we're going to include. Mm-hmm. It's uh, April 9th, and Charles H. Hart, <laughs> you'll never hear his name again, <laughs> new 70s president, is the first general authority with a law degree. Oh, interesting. Now, let's go through a brief list of those 
following him with law degrees, and I am going to see how fast I can talk. Okay. Stephen L. Richards, J. Reuben Clark, Robert E. Bowen, Marion G. Romney, Matthew Cowley, Bruce R. McConkie, Henry Moyle, Marion Hanks, Franklin Richards, Howard Hunter, James Faust, W. Grant Bangeter, Ronald E. Pullman, Cuthbert, Backman, Howard, Oaks, Carmack, Anderson, Gibbons, Hansen, Jensen, Merlin. Oh, shit. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it goes it goes up to 96 because that was when he printed this book. Uh-huh. And yes, that, so uh, this sudden rash. Now, now yeah. what's what's interesting is I recognize every one of those names. Me too. Yeah, that's what every I was thinking. Every fucking one. I of didn't them. know all of them had law degrees. I knew Oaks did. He was like the famous one who well, Yeah, anyway. Doesn't that make sense? I guess so. Isn't there a possibility for the church to be involved in legal matters in the future? <laughs> yes. Nah, you think? Yeah. Yeah. On, people. <laughs> okay. Here, the last one, totally fucking random. I love it. Uh, and I don't even know if you'll get it when I say it, but April 18th, San Francisco earthquake, 1906. This is huge. You remember oh, the yeah. San Francisco earthquake? Yeah. Not personally, Huge. but yeah. Uh -huh. Well, okay. You weren't there, huh? Okay. Yeah. I mean, it was, it, yeah. Yeah. The, the fire that ensued after the earthquake. Was worse than the earthquake. Me. That's right. Yeah. yeah. It was uh, really bad. Yeah. The room of Matthias F. Cowley recently dropped from the Quorum of Twelve. Well, the other thing we just read was that he resigned. Uh-huh. But huh. this says he was dropped, so okay. they said basically yeah. said, "Okay, fuck you, you, you know, if you want to leave, go ahead." He's the only one whose hotel room is undamaged. <laughs> <laughs> so there's the motivation for leaving Mormonism. You will survive earthquakes. Hell yeah! How funny is that? Oh Fuck my it, god! Sign me up. I thought it was so <laughs> random. It's just, I really want to meet D. Michael Quinn and yeah. just embrace him, thank him for the effort put into that. And then there. ask, whisper in his ear, why the fuck didn't you leave the church? Anyway. Yeah, that, I don't know if we could have that conversation. Him and right? B.H. Roberts, right? Yeah. Oh, either one. Yeah, yeah. sure. Anyway. Ah, well, did, did you say that was the last one? I'm I'm done. Okay. Well, thank you, bro, because hilarious. Yes, ending on a funny one. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> He's the only one who's roomed. Thanks, God. He has like this oh, deal with God. What was, a, what was it? A nine nine point something it earthquake. Huge. It was fucking huge. huge. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, guys, yeah. uh, let's see. That's church in the news. That's for your information. Are we ready to get into? The meat, as they say, David? Kronos, uh, acronym Kronos, uh, which actually is a term uh, that comes from Saturn. And I, I won't even attempt to go into that history. Mm -hmm. Saturn, the timekeeper. Things are out of place and they're out of fucking time in the Book of Mormon. Yes. Uh, and you, you could call this a cheesy shot, you know, like, oh, is that all you got? kind of thing mm -hmm. but how nah <laughs> please explain this to me yeah what, what yeah the fuck? right what the fuck 
So Joseph tried to transplant 1820-30 civilization onto ancient civilization, not knowing a fucking thing about it. Yeah, that's basically the issue. That's, yeah, okay. and so we're gonna I mean, we're gonna start our discussion with an official quote-unquote definition of anachronism. Anachronism. It's um, not about spiders, so don't. No, yeah. That would, uh, yeah. that would be an <laughs> AR, right? Arach, arachnid. Arachnicism. Yes. <laughs> Maybe we could have named arachnicism. We could have named it something like that. So, and yeah, then we're going to jump in. It's got in. a lot of legs. Yeah. It's got a lot of legs. <laughs> no. Ooh. She's got, ooh. No, that's legs. Yeah. Now we're going into ZZ Top, yeah. just like that. She knows okay. how to use them. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> so wow, that was a departure. Um, so uh, look, we're gonna also share. So I, I hooked up. Uh, you guys know by now I have my ins, right? Even though I'm a, a s- disciple of Satan. I have my ins. <laughs> Satan's given me the power to deceive the brethren. And so I was able to get a an audio creation, if you will, snippets from a, an old talk by Mr. James E. Faust, speaking of hell and Satan, Faust. Oh, Faust. And the infamous E.T. Von home. No, not that E.T., <laughs> Uh, Ezra Benson, Ezra Taft Benson. And the man who said, the Buck of Mormon, in the most unique way no one else has ever said that it. With actually that sounded kind of, a lot like him, David. Yeah, I, yeah. I, right. uh, can I say something really quick? This is just yeah. off the wall. But when I was teaching Institute, mm-hmm. I walked in and here's this young man. Of course, they're all, you know, 19. 19 20 21 22 whatever for the most part he he's the first one there and i think well he's studious he's interested he, mm. and uh i get up to the lectern and i'm fiddly faddling around getting my shit together and i crack open the book and i just spout it out the way that ezra says it <laughs> book of mormon he thought i said fuck <laughs> what and he, he was shocked and he looked at me he goes whoa you gotta watch what you say and i said dude i said the book of Mormon." <laughs> <laughs> I, I will never forget that i thought jesus 20 years old and in need of hearing aids oh <laughs> uh, like you thought you said the fucking mormon or something yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> yes <laughs> Welcome to Institute, you fucking Mormons. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. Okay. Woo. That's funny. Okay. <laughs> well, Ezra had the half Utah accent going. So he That's didn't right. say That's totally Mormon, but he said it almost. Idaho. He's that, from Idaho. Yeah. Book of Mormon. He almost said Mormon. Yeah. Anyway. That's. It sounded like an yeah, Book yeah. of Mormon. Okay. Anyway, the official definition of anachronism: something or someone that is not in its correct historical or chronological time, especially mm. a thing or person that belongs to an earlier time. So they have a kind of an example here: the sword is an anachronism in modern warfare. Yeah, for the most part, right? For developed countries, anyway. Uh, or mm. the second well, definition. Good point. 
An error in chronology in which a person, object, event, etc. is assigned a date or period other than the correct one. Well, that's really the, the one we're focusing on, that definition right there. So it gives an example. To assign Michelangelo or Michelangelo to the 14th century is an anachronism. Well, right on. To assign dozens of things we'll talk about to the Book of Mormon period mm -hmm. is a collection of anachronisms. So one of the most damning categories of Book of Mormon criticism that you can ever bring up. So let's, uh, before we do that, because hang on, of hang the, on, hang on. on. I had, a, I just had a revelation. Uh oh. You know, you, you can't always prepare for them. They just come. The Lord loves us so much. He just poured this out on me. I am an anachronism. Uh, Myself. I am out of place, out of time. Oh. Okay, move on. Oh, moving on, moving on. You know on. what I just thought of was a Daryl Hall and John Oates song, David. Oh, no. Oh, no. You know the one I'm talking oh, about? Touch, yeah. Touch. Again. <laughs> out of time. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bro. So <clears throat> here's that audio clip that they shared with me for our show today. Because, again, David, just like Holler and Holland... Another nickname we could have for him. That's a good one. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Just like Holler and Holland, they want to warn us deceived individuals who are trying to deceive others about how true the Book of Mormon is. And then again, to have fun, they gave us a little, well, Dave, maybe a little hip hop at the end. Really? Yeah. With one oh. of their favorite keywords that kind of harkens to the title of our episode here so let, let's play this try not to laugh through because they're very serious when they put this together okay david so you know show some respect okay respect god damn it. here we go joseph smith who translated the gold plates from which the book of mormon came had this to say i told the brethren that the book of mormon was the most correct book of any book on the earth and the keystone of our religion and a man would get nearer to God by abiding by its precepts than by any other book. Okay, mm. quick pause here. I know I don't, I don't want to interject. They spent a lot of time putting this audio stuff together for us to use in our show today. So I don't want to show disrespect by pausing it ah, too much. <laughs> but uh, this is James E. Faust. He shares that infamous quote from Joseph Smith. The most correct book of any book on earth... Okay. If somebody describes a book like that to you, David, would you assume that in that book there are anachronisms, there are inaccuracies historically? It gives you things that were supposed to happen in history that couldn't have happened. Would you expect that type of thing in the most correct book? Well, and, and I'm just thinking of the continuation of that list yeah. of, of, of problems with when we say correct meaning based in uh reality yeah. uh scientifically provable sound literarily yep. uh bulletproof mm -hmm. uh got none of that going on but remember what i read in ether we we do th see that the gentiles will stumble because of the placing of our words yeah the placing so yeah. it's your fault it's your fault that there's an issue with this book well, let's see what else Faust prepared Whatever. here, because, Whatever. you know, he talks about you can't use 
science and study and you know secular knowledge, David. Uh, let, let's because con- that's that's of man, yeah, not of God. Let, let's continue yeah. here. Let's see. The test for understanding this sacred book is preeminently spiritual. Uh. An obsession with secular knowledge rather than spiritual understanding will make its pages difficult to unlock. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank you. Our podcast is over. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Yeah, I don't even Difficult? know. Difficult? Yeah. Okay. He admitted it. Yeah, I... Uh, Did I miss that or yeah? It, difficult <laughs> to unlock. It, is uh, there something hidden? Yeah. If something's I, locked away, it is not actually there, uh, available, and yeah. there must be a key. Well, keystone. Wait a minute, I'm getting well, something. Uh, key, the key. Keystone. The key is feelings, David. As we've talked oh. before, the spirit is another word in the church for emotion uh, or feelings, and only through right. feelings. Uh, I here's the reason yes. I forgot. Yeah. I have to be reminded from time to time that I'm spiritually dead. I well, mean, that's right. I hate to tell to you. To Mormonism, yeah. I mean, yeah. once Satan takes over your life, that's it. I mean, you can't feel yeah. a thing. Yeah. No kidding. Let's see what else he says here. To me, it is inconceivable that Joseph Smith, without divine help, could have written this complex and profound book. There is no way that Joseph Smith, an unlearned young frontiersman, could have fabricated the great truths it contains, generated its great spiritual power or falsified the testimony of Christ that it contains. Um, uh, uh, spiritual power. All those things are unmeasurable. Yeah, and there's no way... Here we go back to the, the really old-school apologetic excuse of he was this unlearned, poor frontiersman, you know, poor pioneer, but whatever, old fart <laughs> land boy whatever uh unlearned <laughs> uneducated guys that doesn't mean that you don't have an imagination that doesn't mean that you're not creative that doesn't mean you can't copy stuff uh, yeah that you don't have access to yeah certain and we talked books. about the late yeah. war last episode right which was heavily right. copied as well as the bible and and other sources that excuse just doesn't hold water, right? I no longer get any kind of sympathy, empathy, whatever word you want to use. He was so unlearned. He was also a fraudster, folks. That's what he did. That's exactly what he did. L-I-A-R, liar. But as an active Mormon, you and I... Ate those kind of oh, it's endearing up. to you, yeah. It, when you hear that, it's oh, like, oh, Joseph, I, I yeah. actually have some fucking some questions. Mm-hmm. I've been having a, a few concerns about the content of the book, its construction, so forth, the literary style, whatever it might be, a thousand different things. Oh, thank you, Elder Faust. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I had yeah. a feeling while you gave the talk. And it's that all resolved over. everything. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. Okay, let's let's you. see here. The book itself testifies that it is the holy word of God. Yeah, that, you know, that solves it right there. 
if a book says, hey, I'm true, <laughs> well, by God, it must be true, right? Huh. That solves it. Okay, hold on. Here we go. <laughs> I testify through the sure conviction that springs from the witness of the Spirit that it is possible to know things revealed with a greater certainty than by actually seeing them. We can have a more absolute knowledge than eyes can perceive or ears can hear. Some real mindfuckery. Yeah, right. And this is a big, obviously, we don't want to go back into the episode Emotion, Emotion, right? But this is one of the biggest teachings in the church, and it's very core. You can't know anything in the church through secularism, through study, through research, Anything that's important to really know that's true is through feeling, otherwise called the spirit. And that's the only way you can really know. It's it's better knowledge, David, than actually seeing it, than actually seeing so proof. A- anything scientific is of man and therefore inherently flawed. Yeah. But if it's spiritual, which, how do we describe it? How do you define oh. that? Yeah. A, a feeling. A feeling. That's it. Yeah. The entire fucking definition. Yeah. I had a feeling and I'm going to base my actions, my life, my course forward. Literally my everything. My decision making, my thinking, everything, everything. based on. I got yeah. fucking let lasagna last night. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. What else? God himself has put his approval on the Book of Mormon having said... As your Lord and your God liveth, it is true. So he's... he's Oh, he he's, did it. He did it. Yeah. Your God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love... I know. God. He He's your arguing... Uh, what's the, the logical fallacy there? Arguing the antecedent... Or no, no, no. Conf, confirming the Confer- antecedent, at, antecedent or the... Uh, pre- In other words, uh, God himself says the book is true, so it must be true. Well... Could it be that somebody pretended that God said that in the book? <laughs> I mean, if if that's the case, how does... Okay, whatever. He has borne witness, first, that it is true. Second, that it contains the truth and his words. Third, that it was translated with power from on high. Incidentally, I have to give him a break. <laughs> I have to give him a break. I'm sorry, power of being from being high. <laughs> yes, power from being high. Keystoned. I have Keystone. to give, okay. give him a break here, David. The the wavering in the voice in this case is because Ezra was so old. It's yeah, not no, he's, because he was uh, spiritual yeah. or emotional, right? So it's not like uh, yeah. elder. Cry ring. No, the, this is purely the like the wavering and the and kind of the vibrato almost that you hear in Ezra's voice over the next few minutes is which again endears you to age, him because age. we are part of an emotional movement. Right, that's right. So he was in a list. Here we go. Fourth, that it contains the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Fifth. That it was given by inspiration and confirmed by the ministering of angels. I remember those guys, yeah. Six, (laughs) that it gives evidence that the Holy Scriptures are true. And seven, that those who receive it in faith 
shall receive eternal life. Oh. Yeah, that's oh. a lot of baggage to unpack there uh, Whoa. in the Book of Mormon. How did I miss yeah. that? All I have to do is just say... Believe in the Book of Mormon. He's going to yeah. tell us how the people who try to attack the Book of Mormon attack it and why it's a keystone. Uh, let's, let's see here. Just as the arch crumbles, if the keystone is removed, so does all the church stand or fall with the truthfulness of the Book of Mormon. The enemies of the church understand this clearly. This is why they go to such great lengths to disprove the Book of Mormon. For if it can be discredited, the prophet Joseph Smith goes with it. Mm -hmm. So does the claim to priesthood keys. Damn it. And the revelations and the restored church. Yeah, so you imagine this keystone in the center of an arch, right, that holds the arch together at the top, and if you pull that keystone out, the whole arch falls in, right? And that's the the symbol here. And so no wonder the, the critics of the church are attacking the Book of Mormon, because if it's not true, the whole church is a lying piece of steaming shit. Let's listen to their little musical thing they put together at the end here. They wanted us to recall a single word, David, and how many times they said it in their their talks. And there's some other other apostles who joined in. Let's see. Keystone, 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 keystone. Yes, yes, I get the hint. Okay, then. Yeah, (laughs) thanks, guys. That's pretty slick. Yeah. (laughs) Can I get that album? Is that available? Uh, It is. You have to pay a pearl of great price, actually. Ooh. Uh, yeah, I know that uh, was kind of a I've bad one. I've been casting my pearls yeah. in with the swine. Yeah, I know, so, guys. Sorry, bad know, jokes. Just, bad jokes. Whatever. Um, so, guys, in the last few minutes here, how about a little t- discussion about how this keystone crumbles? <laughs> um, so we have, actually, if you look in Wikipedia again, I know, heaven forbid, my continual statement there scroll down to the bottom first and see how well referenced the wikipedia article is Mm. right and follow some of those references and make sure they're legitimate sources to be a responsible researcher right but there's a couple that stand out to me when you look at this topic one is literally titled anachronisms in the book of mormon can't get more plain than that another one is called archaeology and the book of mormon They go hand in hand because a lot of the quote-unquote proof, physical proof, that members of the church and church proponents and apologists look for is archaeological evidence. And a lot of the anachronisms 
mentioned in the Book of Mormon would be discovered archaeologically if they had existed, right? So that's how they kind of go hand in hand. And despite the fact that Faust and Ezra Benson and a bunch of others through time have said, you know, secular learning is never going to unlock these pages, or you're never going to prove the Book of Mormon's true. Spiritual feelings is where it's at. Look, people are people, and even dedicated members of the church, they really kind of do expect to see, I don't know, some level of scientific proof <laughs> that this <laughs> book that's supposed to be a legitimate history of ancient North and Central America and South America should maybe have some proof, maybe. So that's, you're never going to get away from that, right? You can't just tell people, even if they're strong believers, just fill the spirit and you'll know it's true, right? So here's, I'm going to just scroll through the table of contents here, guys, and we'll talk about a few of these. And these are some of the things that have been shown. And it harkens mm. back to B.H. Roberts again, uh, late 18, early 1900s, Heber J. Grant period of the prophet, uh, especially was the culmination of this. B.H. got a letter from a friend who had received questions from a friend who was investigating the church. Hey, my friends asked this B.H. He pointed out these issues. What do you think? And they were anachronisms that the friend was asking about. And so B.H. studied them. He's a historian after all. And that was the, basically the crux of the whole book. Studies in the Book of Mormon. Studies in the Book of Mormon. Yeah, sorry. I keep. Mis- yeah. uh, he brought his uh, findings because he couldn't find good answers, because there are no good answers. Okay, <laughs> that's why he couldn't find them, to the apostles and Heber J. Grant at the time, and said, hey, guys, I have total faith in you that you can answer this. Pray to God. We're going to need answers Young members of the church, especially in future days, mm-hmm. might have problems yeah. with this. That was prophetic of him. We've mentioned this it before. It was prophetic. And their answers, everybody, was they bore their testimonies to him. That was their answers to these questions. Which As is, it is with yeah. missionaries and all others who oh, yeah. are faced with unanswerable questions. I'll just bear well, my testimony. Uh, let me take this yeah. opportunity to completely fucking ignore your question and tell you how much I know it's true. Because of a feeling. Yeah. And that doesn't answer the physical scientific question, right? So it's not an answer. So as we scroll through here, the article, Anachronisms in the Book of Mormon, there's six different categories, if you will, of anachronisms. Historical anachronisms, flora and fauna anachronisms, so plants and animals, <laughs> technology Huge. anachronisms, linguistic anachronisms, anachronisms apparently perpetuated from the King James translation of the Bible. So there, there's like these categories. Under historical anachronisms, one of the biggest things is quoting Isaiah. So the Book of Mormon prophets, as you might recall, if you've ever read the Book of Mormon, uh, quote chapters 48 through 54 of the Book of Isaiah, which have to do, you know, after having left Jerusalem. So since around 600 B.C. So since Isaiah died around 698 B.C., under traditional biblical belief, there would be no conflict So under the belief that Joseph Smith had and others of his day, there shouldn't be a conflict with those dates. However, there's a problem. (laughs) Modern biblical scholars, 
assert that these chapters were mm-hmm. not written by Isaiah, but rather by one or more other people during the Babylonian yep. captivity, sometime between 586 and 538 BC, so between 14 and 82 years after it could have been known to the Book of Mormon prophets. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, list is so big. We're gonna have to do yeah. another podcast. We might, or we two might, or three, or two. Know. Yeah, there's a lot here. Let's talk about animals for a second. Horses are mentioned in the Book of Mormon. They did not exist in the Americas at the time. Elephants are mentioned. They did not exist in the Americas. They did not exist. Cattle and cows, oh. which I, you know, unless you were a historian, I wouldn't know. I would think, oh, you, you cattle, know. A cattle and sheep. cows. Even sheep. You would think, oh, hell yeah, there yeah, must have been there sheep. There must have been sheep. Nope, there nope, weren't. Nope. Goats. Nope. There were no goats. There were no pigs or swine. Uh, Hang on, though. Yeah, yeah. I got I to gotta mention something. Last week when I took my gerbil for a walk, <laughs> I grabbed my curulum and took him with me, too. My my come um, come um, or whatever the he stayed home <laughs> yeah but my curulum so they've been around that, <laughs> you can't refute that i own one it's a weird looking bastard but it's a genetic fuck up wait no god doesn't make mistakes i'm sorry uh anyway go on go on I, yes I, I, yes interested. barley and wheat are mentioned they didn't exist uh in the america's chariots no <laughs> People didn't have the wheel. Silk didn't exist. Compasses did not exist. So this idea that the Liahona was a compass and and Nephi and Lehi were familiar with compasses and they're like, hey, it works like a compass. No, because you don't know (laughs) what a compass is. Ancient America was very much hunter-gatherer. It very very much was. Look, yeah. uh, you know, the Olmecs, the Toltecs, some of the ancient, so the some of the predecessors of the Inca, the Maya, the Aztecs, they had some pretty advanced stuff, including especially astronomy. I mean, holy shit. Basically telescope-type domes and where they could line up stars. Uh, that's another by discussion. By the way, that, yeah. that we will include in our next series. Yeah. I guess I'm giving a little, what am I doing? A little teaser, I guess. A little, a little teaser that yeah. we're going to be moving into a different podcast. Skewed yeah. minds, which yes. will include everything and anything and everything under the sun. Not that we will completely leave this Mormon talkism. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, good point. Yeah. Th- there's a lot of interesting conversations around the people's prowess if you will and knowledge of yeah. the stars but the source of that was yeah is that, that's, that's the discussion where and yeah. how the hell did they know about the precession of the equinoxes oh yeah when they, they're yeah. living on one mm. little small part of the earth for 70 years tops yeah. probably more like 40 years and the accuracy and a, of their calendars yeah. which is tied to the stars and especially the Mayan calendar. Holy shit. Anyway, yeah, we'll get into crazy stuff like that. Windows. Hey, Jaredites, you can't make windows because they'll be dashed to pieces. Never mind the fact that you don't even know what windows are. <laughs> There's no glass. There's no glass. <laughs> Stupid motherfucker. Uses of metal. Uh, the metals that are mentioned. Steel and iron. No. Scimitars. No. What? 
by the way, when when's the last time you used a a, a steel sword? Am, is my memory flawed? Didn't Nephi he broke his sword? Wasn't it made of fine steel or am yes? I, or was it? He broke his bow. And his, his bow, yeah, his God, bow. Why did I say sword? His bow was you know made of fine steel. Yeah. Now how the fuck do you get steel to bend? Like well, that? yeah, you know what? I mean, if it anyway. had about a five hundred pound draw, I guess by the time you drew it, the ends of the bow might bend a little bit. There's some kind of a history little, on little. steel bows. If you look up, and I don't remember whether this was the what was the huge empire, Persian Empire. I think they, the Persians may have had a steel bow kind of concept. Anyway, the point is, this kind of thing, never mind the steel, did not exist until long after this was supposed to have happened. Let me mention yeah, yeah. something real quickly, mm -hmm. archaeologically speaking. Several civilizations that are hundreds and even thousands of years older Mm-hmm have given up artifacts to the archaeologists. They've they've been found, documented, recognized, studied. Mm -hmm. But in other words, the Nephite, at least the Nephi, not the Jaredites, it, that's a fairly recent thing. 600 BC mm. is not that old. No, it, relatively uh, speaking. My point being, yeah, it, it should right. be easy to find remnants of wars where there's hundreds of, of thousands of people that die yeah. and all the implements of war yeah. from those. Guys, there's those kinds of artifacts that have been found in great quantity from other ancient civilizations that are older. Much older. Uh, not the metal yep. is what I'm talking about, but like weapons and skeletons and you know, you name it right all sorts of artifacts have been found that are even older right and so when you have something as recent as hundreds bc which to david's yeah. point is fairly recent relatively speaking yeah. in, the, in the age you know of the earth and civilizations you would see far, far more evidence than what has been found. And the apologists lay on all the Central American findings, Mayan, Aztec, Incan, you know, that have been found, the buildings and so forth as their evidence. See, see, there was big, you know, civilizations mm -hmm. there. The problem is not all that's found matches what the Book of Mormon describes. That's one issue. The bigger problem is that a bunch of stuff that should be there is not there. That's the problem. And third, the anachronisms. That's the biggest okay. problem. So saying stuff existed in the days of the Nephites and Lamanites that the whole world of historians knows did not exist. That's a problem. That's what we're talking about. When so when you write an imaginary fairy tale, mm -hmm. that's the least of your concerns. Uh, how accurate it is. Well, especially and, if you're until, not a historian, right? Joseph was well, not a historian. Well, he didn't right. know he, this he, stuff didn't exist. He did have access then. to some books, yeah. but all he used those for was to fabricate this this fairy tale. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and what are you going to write? He was familiar with horses and chariots and, you know, wagons, right? Not called chariots, but all that stuff that he wrote, a bunch of the anachronisms Joseph knew well from his day, right? From the 1800s. Right. But they yep. didn't exist back then. And it's easy to assume they did. 
right? When you're not an archaeologist or you don't know the history of these people, you might easily assume, hell, wheat's been around forever, man. Wheat's ancient. Not in the Americas, though. Uh-oh. Or you know? one of my favorite is all uh, many of the names of the cities in the Book of Mormon are cities and towns around the area of where Joseph New lived, York, yeah. which he's from. Yeah, very similar. <laughs> that, one, that one's laughable. Very it's just similar. Like, you and, you know, those me? are less anachronisms and more just him borrowing stuff that he knew, right? Yeah, not but, out of time, uh, just, just yeah. a ripoff, like yeah. from the Bible. Exactly, yeah. So that's all the time we have to talk about today, but those are some of the anachronisms in the Book of Mormon. We can delve into some of them, like you said, David. Some of them are very interesting to jump into because you can start to talk about the actual scientific evidence. It's easy for us to just say, oh, yeah, that didn't exist. But we could dig into a couple of these and give you guys examples. The actual scientific and historical evidence that, that is known in the community of you know history and archaeology, and then what apologists claim <laughs> and and what the Book of Mormon claims. I guess just ending in, in my thought anyway, Dave, and, and mm-hmm. you know, add yours to it, of course. When I think back to Holler and Holland, and I think back to him saying, unless you can account for the origin of these pages, and we talked about things like the late war last week, and then the anachronisms, and I think of Faust and Taft who in their quotes said, look, you're not going to know it by science. You have to feel it. Taft saying, critics know that if the if they can prove the Book of Mormon is bullshit, the whole church crumbles. So where does that leave us? That leaves us with the church crumbling, is my there you point, go. right? Because it's the gone. keystone of the church is a fabrication, folks. That's the reality. Fairly creative of the young man. Yes, very uh, creative. I, I have another uh, analogy. I just can't keep myself from doing it. I don't know how many of you have thrown bales of hay. We live in a modern time. There's still farms around. Oh, yeah, yeah. Perhaps some listeners will have had that experience. Very physical work. Hot outside. You're, basically, you're covered in sweat. And you're, you're throwing these bales of hay and the straw, the hay gets in your shirt. And to me, that's what these kind of things are like, the anachronisms. In other words, I knew about some of these things as an active member. And they were just like, ah, god damn it. You yeah. know, I got a piece of hay. It, god, I can't reach it. It's, it's in my shirt. And it's yeah. all stuck in there with the sweat. And then you get a second one and a third one. <laughs> God damn it. You know, this shit, they just sit there and they fester. They're not enough for you to leave the church until they accumulate. Yep. And then you're just like, fuck. Yeah. I can't, I can't even think of enough excuses for how this shit makes any sense anymore. Yeah. So the, the, tr- the shirt is like the church, right? You just, you've draped yep. yourself you with the church off. and you're like, I gotta, I gotta be done with this. I can't ignore the itchy straw anymore. <laughs> yeah. Get <laughs> the cow's back. Yeah. Get that <laughs> shit off. my back. I'll tell you more than, more than once. And in mm. more ways than one did yeah. it break my fucking back. Oh yeah. And I think I'm recovered. I don't know so. if you ever yeah. completely recover. Mm. I don't want to put thoughts into our listeners' minds. You may think, well, you guys seem a little overly preoccupied with this subject. Not at all. 
we no. focus and hone in on it, laser focus on Sunday, do our thing. I don't think about it throughout the week No, about how much I despise this fucking organization. <laughs> no, I really, I, I, I really don't no. either. The only time it comes no. up in my mind is if I see like local news pop up or I, I see something in the rare occasions when I go on Facebook and I see an active family member post something or whatever. And I, mm -hmm. I just kind of yeah. usually sigh and shake my head, right? Like I used to be there. I used to believe that shit. Right. And That's it's right. so easy now to see it for what it is. I do get concerned about the damage that it does to people. And in the very best case, if it doesn't do severe mental and or emotional and or sometimes sexual or physical damage to people, in the very best case, it defrauds them. It tells them something is true that is not. And I think that's not okay. And that was the whole, you know, biggest reason for this podcast yeah. for me. Why is, we is, started. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Love you. And we will check in with you next week, huh? Hey, happy Mother's Day. Yes. Happy Mother's Day.